Hello and welcome to Any Sporting Question. I'm Graham Bell and despite the snow we've managed to make it into the studio on the Wednesday. Much like the transfer deadline day, we managed to extend ourselves by a little bit of time. We got the deals in but we are here to bring you a transfer deadline day special and another man who made his way through the snow is a man with a 21 year unblemished record but he's very happy to be joining us in the studio from the snow. Matthew Burrell, how are we? Hello Graham. Um, in the light of Southampton's performance last night, I think the sad music might have Perhaps made a reappearance for today. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> yeah, it's on the computer. We're not going to use it probably for you. Yeah, um, all I can say after last night's game is, uh, well done Norwich, free free draw with Wolves. Might still mean we actually get... I remember the days when we used to be able to score three goals. <laughs> Seems a long, long time ago. But... It does indeed. Anyway, today is the Transfer Deadline Day special. It is... 12 questions for once, 45 seconds, and just no winner today because we have got rid of the scoring system for one day, and instead we are going to just pundit with each other and banter and enjoy each other's company. Isn't that nice, Matthew? Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with it. Obviously, the biggest story of the day was the resale of Robbie King back to Tottenham for a reported £15 million. So let's just have your thoughts on that deal to begin with, Matt. Well, the first thing I think about it is that Keane and Liverpool never really gave, him, gave himself a chance with the deal, to be honest. He wasn't there very long. Many, many people have bad starts at clubs and they don't hit it off immediately. They should have stuck with it a bit longer. They should have kept going. The biggest losers in this whole deal are Liverpool because now they're, they're stuck with only Torres up front. They've got If he gets injured, they've got little backup and they could be in a lot of trouble. I mean, the bit that surprised me most about this deal is that uh, Rafa was saying that he hadn't settled in the team. But if you substitute a guy 15 out of the 16 games he starts mm. for your club, he isn't gonna get, he's always going to be unsettled. And it seems like he's been forced out of the club. And let's face it, £5 million profit, plus the fact you've got Robbie Keane back in your squad, is a fantastic thing for Tottenham. But look at Liverpool now, as you've just said. Torres and Count. That's it for the strikers. It's classic Spurs signing, but I'm I'll be very sceptical if it was Redknapp making that signing. Well, interesting. Anyway, moving on. The Tottenham were the biggest moves of this transfer window, and is that a sign of a club in trouble? All these all these people saying that Ramos ruined the club, I think, is wrong. Kamali has to take a lot of the blame for what's happened at Tottenham. Okay, Ramos has won six out of the seven games in charge of Real Madrid. He's a good manager. I don't think it's a club in trouble, and let's face it, they're now not going to down. They shored up the two areas that they're expected to do so by signing two very good strikers, and they've also signed a very solid, respected goalkeeper. And Harry's been very smart. He's brought the heartbeat of the team back. He's always said that this dressing room's very quiet at the moment. Okay, he's brought Robbie Keane back. He's going to stir them up and get them playing. And as a result, I don't think they're in trouble. They're not going to go down, and that's all Harry wants. I don't think they would have gone down with or without Keane and with or without the signings they've made, to be honest. It's just like every transfer window, every summer, I just love watching Spurs as an outsider because they're just the classic example of a team having more money than sense. They will throw it about, they'll buy lots of players, they'll finish mid-table. Without this signings, they would have finished mid-table. In the summer, they'll spend a lot more money. They'll sell the players they bought in January and last summer, they'll buy new ones and they'll do exactly the same thing and finish mid-table. In January, they'll all be moving back to Tottenham anyway. It's, I know. Anyway, the North London rivals were also busy chasing Andre Arshavin and they finally captured him a day later, much like this show. So firstly, let's ask you, is he the saviour of Arsenal's season? I really don't rate him as a signing. I've got to be honest with you, he's unproven in the Premiership. When you're spending that sort of money on the player, it's an expensive gamble. Arsenal don't have that much money to be thrown around. And I honestly don't think he's that great. I think he's unproven in the Premiership. For a lot less money, he could have got someone like Scott Parker, who would have done a lot better job. But that's not the Arsenal signing. 
and he's a very expensive gamble. If, it, if it's true he's only signed for £15 million, I think it's the signing of the season. I think it's an absolute bargain. Whether he will settle in England is another question. If he replicates what he does for, did for Russia in Euro 2008, then excellent. And what's more pleasing for Arsenal is he can go straight into the squad. There's no waiting for him to nurture into talent. He's already going to be there, and he'll take this team by the scruff and they can pull him into fourth place. He will not. I can guarantee you now he what, you will not. you don't think he's going to pull him into Arsenal in fourth place? I think they place? might. It, he's not going to make that much difference. I he's one he, player, no. and he's... Again, you've got to look at it. There are so many more failures than successes from that sort of signing that they've made. He's not going to do that difference. He's unproven in the Premiership. I cannot exaggerate that enough. But you've then, got then, to, then it's just spending that money on a player. Cristiano Ronaldo was unproven when he came Yeah, the and he took a year, two years to settle in before he, so before he was anywhere near as good as well. Look at Deco, look at Balak, look at Rebrov. There's so many more examples of people that have failed. Anyhow, trying to move on. <laughs> the window was extended due to the snow. Was this a good idea or just a classic example of the Premiership being weak? I thought it was absurd that the, the weather, um, and I, I think I can understand some of the problems may have, the clubs may have had in getting players around for medicals and negotiations, but the Arshavin deal just showed what a mockery the extension of the league, of the transfer window was. One minute he says he's going to be on the plane going home, next minute he's off the plane, he's signing for the club. It was a joke. It took another day to actually complete his signing. It wasn't as if he was in Russia. It wasn't as if he was sitting drinking vodka in a bar somewhere he was in Hertfordshire he was at Arsenal's training ground he could have signed it there and then but no we have this extension as a result it all drags out it's stupid I, I totally agree really I'm fed up with these teams on the like, last day of the window trying to get these transfers through and all of this you have a whole month to sign the players you want to sign I'm not they're just trying to leave it to the last minute save themselves a bit of money it doesn't help anyone it just irritates me and it irritates me a lot Another London club grabbed a last-minute move as Ricardo Quaresma made a last-minute loan move to join up with his former Portugal coach. But is he going to be the spur that the Blues need? No, he's not. Simple. The <laughs> fact is, he's not much better than what they've got already. And he's another good player for Chelsea. But at the end of the day, United are going to win the league. Chelsea will come second. The rest will come some way behind. I think actually he may be a good signing for Chelsea and he may be the spur that they need just to get going again but Big Phil's going to have to work a lot on this kid's confidence last game for Inter Milan he was booed off the pitch by his own fan that's going to take a fair amount of effort to get over he won the giant turkey award in Serie A this year for his performance but look at the midfielders Chelsea signed you've already mentioned two of them Balak and Deco two guys that were due to come in set the league alike in reality they haven't they've been disappointments and I just think he could be another one, but he could also go the other way and be a good player. I'm really sitting on the fence on this one. I really don't think he's going to be a bad signing, but I don't think he's going to be a particularly good one. And uh, I don't think he's going to make a massive difference, let's put it that way. I think it would just be another good player that Chelsea have got, and they've got enough of them already. OK, is the large amount of loan signings a sign of the times in football, Graham? Um, looking at the deals that actually went through, the fourth biggest in terms of known money, what we know, was actually the, was actually Christoph Barrera to the championship side, Wolves from Hearts. And maybe, so, I've got this funny feeling at the moment, the sides are holding off until the summer for the big money signings to start bringing in players. With the Premier League just being so open down the bottom, I mean, it's pretty much anybody from 10th place downwards. Managers aren't probably having to feel they've got to make a signing for life. They haven't got to bring a guy in for three years. They've just got to bring in a guy who's going to get him through to the last six months, get him through to the end of the season, keep him in the league, and then he can start with a clean slate. I don't think this window is any different than any other window, really, particularly the January ones. A lot of In January, very few big transfers happen. It's only the big clubs with the money that will make the big signings. All the stupid clubs with the money. I mean. Oh, Tottenham. <laughs> and, um, but if you, look, as I say, if, you, if you look through the history, you've got teams like always tend to go for the loan signings, and this isn't particularly unique. It's easy to exaggerate it because of the financial climate at the moment. But on the whole, it's just a traditional sort of way of going. Well, we talked about money a minute ago, and the main action in Manchester took place in the sky blue half of the city. As Shea Given was added to Manchester City's ranks. Now, is this a good safe signing by City? I think it's a fantastic signing. I think he's reliable, he's 
a premiership goalkeeper who knows what he's doing, he knows the league, he knows the players, and you can count on him to be a good signing. There's no doubt about it. For the money that is spent, good work. I can only. I, I think it's a fantastic signing for City. Shea Given, without doubt, is one of the best keepers in the Premier League, and I've always wanted to see him at a bigger club. But for Shea himself, I think it's just a sideways steps because of what else they've signed. They haven't signed any great players apart from that. I wouldn't say sideways. I'd say Man City are a progressive team. More it's, it's so a than sideways that. Step. More, more so than Newcastle. The trouble is, it's not like it's, it's the defence. He's like moved from one club yeah, with a very poor defence to another club yes, with a very poor defence. It's, it's a stepping stone. Man City next year will be a lot stronger. When you really got, think so? Yes. You absolute, really think absolutely. so? You really think they're going to show up with their defence? With a whole summer with an open checkbook, they're going to get incredibly better when they've got more time to do what they want to do and get the players and they want to play. But anyhow, do you agree with the transfer window system? Simple. Um, it's quite simple. It's a simple question. I've got a very simple answer to it. There'll always be a transfer deadline day. No matter what happens, it's either going to be in January or like all these managers in the Premier League this year have been sitting there going, oh, I like the old system. I like the old days where we had pigskin balls and we used to have tags with numbers in the socks and all that. I mean, that's just what they... They, they prefer the old system. To me, doesn't matter. There's always going to be a transfer deadline day and you're always going to see these... They're fantastic days to work on and fantastic days just to be a part of. And I mean, you see the viewing figures these channels get on these days. It's ridiculous. And I think it's brilliant. I love it. I don't. I think it's stupid, really. I can't. I can't believe it's the amount of teams that just buy players unnecessarily, throw money about unnecessarily because they're so scared of getting an injury crisis in the middle of March when that means that they're going to be their squad's going to be depleted. They're going to have no players left, and they're going to be end up playing these kids, and it's going to really wreck their chances. So they bulk buy all these players. They have players sitting in the reserves that should be playing Premiership football. A lot of these are often English players, and yes. that means that they don't get games, and there's. People, the perfect examples are people like Wright Phillips and Parker at Chelsea. But then I throw it to you the other way. We're going to go past on this question because I'm going to go to it. You've got Liverpool, okay? They've sold Robbie Keane now. They've got two strikes. Probably one because Count plays more as a midfielder. They're okay? the exception to the rule. That, okay. But they're not the rule, still, they're the exception. But they still, they, if Torres gets injured, that's it for Liverpool. They, they could be struggling for fourth. Yeah, but that's, that's the manager's fault, really. But anyway, let's have a look at the window and let's just go very bland and award a trophy to who we think the winners of the window are well it's some, I didn't really pick one team here as I never do on these sort of things <laughs> so it's going to be a very shared trophy exactly, exactly. Um, but I thought West Ham and Reading did well keeping their players because there was a lot of pressure on them to sell and all of that yeah. further to that I thought that some of the best moves were Heskey going to Villa he might be on a long contract which I think is too long for a person of his age but he's an excellent signing and given to Man City is another great signing they're kind of the winners of the deal winners of the month Winners to me, are, as you've just said, are players that are, are clubs that hold on to players. So obviously you've got Blackburn where they've held on to Rocco Santa Cruz. I think that's a vital one. They'll stay up. West Ham, okay, Bellamy going is a big loss, but they've kept ups and they've kept Parker. That's two very good players. It's almost like a signing for these two clubs. And as a result, West Ham will stay up. I'm going to throw in a third one here. Hull City signing Jimmy Bullard. I think that was a very good signing. Great for signing. Five, too for expensive. Five million pounds. Too expensive. What for Jimmy Bullard? He's old. For? That's five million pound. Though. That's too expensive for me. Oh come on, that's, that's almost that's almost better deal than Andre Oshavin. Just anyway, <laughs> anyway, <All right>. just. <laughs> but I think Fulham also did well with who they've recruited in place of Bullard. Okay, Olivier Dacor knows the league fairly well. He was with the successful lead sides that went in the Champions League, and also Giles Barnes. And everybody talks about Giles Barnes as a next big signing. Signing him alone, oh, great I'd signing. take Bullard over both of those two. I'm not saying I, I wouldn't take Bullard over both. I'll take Bullard over both of those two together. Oh, big call, big call. So moving on then, who are the losers of the window, Graham? Liverpool. Yeah. Quite simple, Liverpool. I just, I feel very sorry for Rafa. There are some serious problems at that club with the Americans. They've got no money up there. I mean, it's no excuse just to say they've got no money. But they, they are just the biggest losers of this window. You've got two strikers now. And one of them you don't even class as a striker in dirt count. And I just think 
if, if you're serious about challenging and wanting to win the title, you, you've got to make some signings. I would and agree with you that Liverpool are the losers of the window. I don't have any pity for Rafa Benitez. He's not the, to say that Liverpool are a team on a tight budget. So many more teams oh, yeah. on a much tighter budget. And to say that that's a reason for him to not have enough strikers and to have an inadequate squad is not an excuse because he could be getting players in from somewhere. The other losers I went for were Wigan particularly. They've lost two really integral parts of their team, Heskey, Palacios, and that could influence them towards the end of the season. But on the other side, they did bring in some good players. Well, while we're talking about winners and losers, let's take a look at our own sides for a second. And I'm just going to go set up the gallows for Matt to start hanging himself from. Was it a good window for your club? Cue the sad music. But um, <laughs> to be honest, at the start of the month, we had a rubbish squad and we were in, <laughs> unable to be playing very good. And as this month's progressed and we've got to the end of it, we've got an equally rubbish squad. And the reason we didn't sell anyone was probably because we haven't got anyone good enough to actually be wanted by other clubs. We're going to go in one direction. We're sinking like a stone and it's just hopeless. Graham, you go. I'm going to go hang myself. <laughs> Did you enjoy your walk on Saturday? I keep meaning to ask. My walk? <laughs> yeah, well, you all went protesting, didn't you? That was a South waste Bank. of time. He, there's 32,000 people in the ground telling, him to, telling a certain individual to go. I don't <laughs> think a couple of hundred people with a few banners is going to make much difference. Anyway, I'm just going to answer this quickly for Reading. You've you tr- you got to try and shore this team up to game promotion to the Pro League. And obviously you want to keep hold of your squad. Uh, and there's a big tick for Reading in that respect. The much-touted Stephen Hunt and James Harper are still a part of the squad in reality though I would have bitten the hand off that Middlesbrough were paying us for James Harper six million pound that they were offering for James Harper okay and if James Harper is worth half an Andre Arshavin then I am a bearded man without a woman uh, hang on no I am so in reality I think it's a, it was a interesting window dare we say by Reading a very interesting window I'm just going to pull myself back to reality <laughs> for a brief moment. And I want to just ask you, Graham, who do you think will be moving where in the next window? Well, obviously, the next window will be the summer, and there's going to be a lot depending on who goes up, who goes down. I, the big one for me, Rocco Santa Cruz. I've got no doubt. Big Sam has asked him to give him a few more months, score the goals to keep his side up, and then you can move on the summer. I think this is a great piece of man management. And as always, I'm a, I'm a little bit blurry-eyed. I love looking at the championship, and I love thinking, hmm, whichever side doesn't go up from the championship, with, between lots of clubs, I mean, if Reading don't go up, Hunt, Doyle, Harper, please go. I think if Wolves don't go up, Evan Blakes will go. Will go. If, if Birmingham don't go up, you're going to lose Phillips. If Cardiff don't go up, Joe Ledley's going to go. I mean, there's some great signings. No one cares about Southampton. So, uh, anyway, Matt, what do you think, anyway? Well, thanks for giving me a chance to speak. <laughs> um, that's clearly the tipsters' opinions on what's going to happen, <laughs> so they won't happen. But there's every year there's the same old deals that come back and back, and you wait for them, and they're inevitable. The example being Ronaldo, who's going to be linked with Real Madrid. Yes. You're going to have all the, all the old Chelsea players getting linked with Mourinho and Inter Milan. And then you're going to have the classic Tottenham chucking money around, hoping for the best, throwing it about and seeing what happens. I just can't wait for um, Gary Lineker and Paul Gascoigne to be making their return to the Tottenham side. They always like to sign old boys anyway. Anyway, that was it. The 12 questions are all done for today. And that was the end of our transfer deadline day special. We hope you all enjoyed it. There was no winner today. We'll be back normal time next Tuesday. And I've got a little surprise for you next Tuesday. We're going to have the first lady on the show. Tune in for that, lads. It'll be excellent. Anyway, until next time, thank you very much indeed to Matthew Burrell for joining us. Not a problem. Not a problem. (laughs) Very short, very sweet. Anyway, guys, until next time, take care of yourself and we'll see you next Tuesday. Goodbye.